This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 62. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you can Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture. Goodfellas, one pretty racist minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Josh Bennett. With me are Ron Richards. Hello. <laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. This is going to be awkward. <laughs> and with us, thankfully, is our multicultural guest, independent filmmaker. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm over here filling quotas. We <laughs> <laughs> did not have a white guy on. We did it. <laughs> I don't know how this uh, fits in with the movie at all, but we're going to go with it. So, Minute 62 starts with so many wonderful hand gestures, and it ends with, well, Tommy doesn't want to kiss Nat King Cole. Which I think is fair. <laughs> well, you re- well, okay, let's back up. I know where Ron's going with this, but it's not because of that. Fair. Uh, let's but go Ron back. Let's doesn't want to kiss Nat King Cole for perfectly valid reasons. Let's 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 go back to the beginning, where, as you mentioned, possibly the greatest slow motion I, Robert De Niro ever. I've never seen those before. Oh my god! I've never seen them, and I watched, and he did a three-point move, and I was like, oh, because we—I had said before in the previous minute that I was like, if they gave away an Oscar, I said if they gave away an Oscar for hand gestures, this is the scene that he wins them, and I was wrong because this is the scene where he wins them. This is amazing, right? It's oh. So let's break this down like John Madden. He points at Henry, then the ground. Well, no, so he opens his hand up as to say, look at this shit. And then, and no, but what it's also is, because it's at the point where they're standing in front of the trunk. So it's flashing back, right? And I can only assume it's after Tommy has stabbed him. No, it's not. No, it's, yeah, so Tommy is coming off of stabbing him. And. Yeah, that's, you know what he's saying? He's saying it's time for you to dig a hole. Yeah, now now why isn't he saying it? <laughs> why would you say there's no one around? Happening. They're in the yeah. middle of. I guess yeah. It was a. You never place. say a thing. Yep. You always yep. keep your mouth shut. That's the most important lesson you can learn in life. But what's great is that. What's and great. always use your hands to communicate when you can. What's great about the hand gesture is is that he go he goes up point he's pointing to him and then he points down saying you got to put him in the ground and then it's the the all fingers extended. And that's just how it is. And the, the the facial expression as he looks away, you know, like like I just told you what to do. I'm your boss, and I'm done with this. <laughs> Henry knows exactly what he's talking about too. Doesn't hesitate. Well, they practice. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> he knows the signals like a third base coach. Yeah, he gave him the 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 sign that indicates the next sign is real. Oh God! <laughs> Ignore the last one. I'm yeah. I'm so glad Josh you picked up on that because that's oh. one of my my fa- I, I saw that years ago. It's one of my favorite things. It's in it's in red. It's the timing is a little, you know, messed with. Cause that, it, it's it's so good. It's it's so it's it just sums up the Nero in this movie so well. It's just oh, it's it's glorious. It's glorious. So what about the what about the fade to red? I don't remember anything else about the movie after this. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. You, you guys have fun with the rest of this movie. So 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 Henry slams the trunk closed, and then the whole screen fills with a red fill, almost like very Hitchcock esque. That, perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's probably some of that. But I think it's funny because this movie does a lot of things that if they were done in other movies, it would be completely cheesy. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. The, as I said, the red fills were Hitchcocking. That was done a lot. No, 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 no. Hitchcock isn't cheesy. Anybody who does it after Hitchcock is. Right. It, it, nothing's cheesy if you do it right. I mean, like, it, it, look at like yeah. Pulp Fiction, which came out four years after this and stole half of the stylistic traits, just put them in different contexts. And, like, you know, when John Travolta opens the briefcase and everything goes, you know, and then. Mm-hmm his face goes gold and then they kill the guy and the face goes, or the screen goes gold again. I mean, that's exactly what's going on here. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about that. Also in the last minute, we were in the last minute when they come back to the car, it's exactly what happens in Pulp Fiction at the end of the movie. When you see Tim Roth stand up and it's like, boom, this is the beginning of the movie. Here's the context. Relive it. Now we're gone. Who brought the film student? <laughs> 
He's, I mean, yeah. You used to introduce me so much more insultingly. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good analysis. It's all you brought you on, Hank. Good job. Our little Hank's all grows up. I'm glad you earned that degree. Good job, um, Henry. Yeah, through cashing that in. <laughs> We all know what you're talking about, dude. Don't worry about it. Uh, I mean, and, and just that trunk shot. I mean, that trunk shot is, you know, yeah, it's classic. Guaranteed his entire career, but here's sort of where it was, you know, first time I saw it. I'm sure it was in somewhere else before that. Former guest of the show, Gabe Hardman, is yelling at us right now. So we <laughs> slam from the trunk back to the Copa, in which the flying table returns. We are back. Well, and at the here Copa. we're starting to see all of these recurring motifs, which is basically, you know, what Henry was talking about and what, what we're seeing. We're seeing the table fly to the front again. We're seeing, we're back at the Copa. They say it, you know, we're, we're, we were just done all those things in the previous scene. And, and we're now, we're, we're just, we're touching on things that we've seen before, but they're different. Like right, it's routine. a different time. What's, what's interesting, what's interesting about this was that, um, watching this in slow motion, like to analyze it, I realized something that is happening that I never noticed before. So the, the whole premise of this is that Henry doing the voiceover, he says, you know, um, you know, what, what was it? Sa- Saturday nights were for the wives, but Friday nights were for the girlfriends. And the idea mm-hmm. that they all they all had girlfriends on the side and, and you know, on Friday night they'd go out with them. But what's happening in this very brief 20 seconds, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the table flies into the Copa. You see Tommy and Henry arriving and saying hello to all the people that they're now going to sit in front of, which I always think is very funny. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you get a shot of the two women that are Tommy and Henry's girlfriends, but sitting together. And then you get Henry doing a, a whip around, look at like kind of zoom in and then it cuts and now they're all together. So in that moment, you see the moment that Henry noticed the girl and then we jump to when she's his girlfriend. Well, I, th- I think if you look at the clothing, it's the same night. Is it the same night? I couldn't. Uh... Well, I, I know I noticed that uh, Henry's yeah. girlfriend has a very similar, like uh, shiny kind of. Uh, Lemay, yeah, Lemay, yeah. Right. Well, it was three yeah, girls at the table and three girls. You know, it's, it's yeah. the same night. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is the same. So maybe they just picked them up that night, or. Or they were there. It's like, hey, you, you want to sit at my table? Yeah, or maybe they just, I don't know. I just, I just, or you that, just gave that, them the look. That whole sequence, that whole sequence is the first time I noticed that, that they were like, oh, all the women are sitting together. Why is that? And so, yeah, so. They got there first. I guess. Yeah. So the uh, wives and girlfriends comment. Yeah. That is a joke I keep going to in life, and it <laughs> keeps not landing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I what, deliver it great. What, it's just what it do you want to land. do Saturday night? You know what I do Saturday night? <laughs> Does not land. Never land. No, I could. No, I, and I, then you I, and I, then she throws your keys out the window and you. Uh... But here, here's the thing, Connor. I never want you to give up. <laughs> I, I you know I reach for my dreams. <laughs> well, this is the thing that I always think, and I thought this during this movie. I it's a lot during this movie, and then I thought this during The Sopranos too. Why would you want another steady girlfriend? I it seems as if you're trading – you're not trading anything. You're just bringing on a second thing about the thing you were trying to get away from on the first thing as well, opposed to, say, a rotating cast. Well, sometimes you need uh, – oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I feel like no. I cannot discuss Maybe this Maybe he really wanted a written apartment. <laughs> I know. I really – I just, just let, let's, just, let's just roll with it. What do you say? Let this go. Um, <laughs> no, cause, cause let some, it go. It'll be a mystery. <laughs> in a way, in a way, they're a little bit – Addicted to commitment. No, it's not that. It's not that. Are you saying that they're committing to these women? <laughs> In a way. I mean, later we'll we'll see how that happens a lot more. This one we're introduced to now, Janice, she has a larger part. 
In fact, they uh, they they describe this in The Sopranos exactly. Yeah. Why they do this? The Gumar. Because there's yes. some things you you can't do with the mother of your kids. Right. That you can do with somebody else. But you need to have them around a little bit so that that can happen. Well, you know, there's something right. you said for experience. And there's all, and there's also there's also <laughs> kind of there's a level of uh, exhaustion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Hank, Henry. Henry, Henry, be quiet. The adults are talking. <laughs> <laughs> exhaustion. I'm trying to figure out where you're placing that exhaustion. <laughs> on the on because she the the mother the wife's got the kids and the house and all that stuff. And no, then it, that's fine, but I just don't know why you'd want. It. I mean, what you're at a certain point, it just becomes a second wife. Well, it's a level of familiarity, you right? Know? You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time with somebody new. Yeah, right. and, the, and 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 we're, we'll get to this a little longer uh, later okay. on in the movie, but yeah, but there's yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really do like the fact that it is the repetition of the motif of they're going back to this thing, but now again we're in a different epoch. Things have changed. Like now the wife is established, and this is what we're going to do now going forward. And it's like the introduction of the of the institutionalized infidelity. Really interesting. As uncomfortable as this conversation is, I really would like to continue it rather than move on to what they actually talk about at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you want to talk about what they talk about at the table? <laughs> Just feels dangerous. Well, well, going back Not to the, the going back to the girlfriend. We'll stay on that for a moment. Um, I always had a problem with Henry and his girlfriend because she's she's kind of trashy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Think about it. okay. No, this That's one's the easy. Point. The one he's <laughs> you mean the, the woman sleeping with a married man for like five years. <laughs> that woman's all trashy. Karen is 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 a is a good girl. Yeah, yeah she's from a nice neighborhood and a nice family. Who wants that? Right. <laughs> exactly. I totally understand that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tommy's girl is very pretty. But, yeah, I don't know. But Tommy's not even married. Why is Tommy even there? He's not even married. Because <laughs> they're out Saturday night. every night. So, so to continue. You, you don't have to be cheating on your wife right. to have a good time on Saturday night. True. Tommy's. Uh, the Copa is for everyone. Yeah. Tommy's so, proto Giada De Laurentiis girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which tiny yeah. neck and huge head. Yeah. What's her name? I could not find her. Uh, I do, I do, I do. Her name is uh, Connor. Do you have this or no? Oh, I have no. it. Uh, that is Elizabeth Whitcraft. Okay. Oh, wasp. And she was previously in Working Girl, and mm-hmm. then she later after Goodfellas she went on. She was in an episode of Quantum Leap, and then she stopped acting in the mid nineties, and then she reappeared as a costume designer on The Biggest Loser in twenty eleven. Really? So wow, she's, she's got a Wikipedia page. Oh, I know, I know. That's strange. Huh. Isn't that isn't that fascinating? Well, let's get to it. <laughs> Janice. Well, well, no. Before we get before we get to it, let's okay. see, we were talking about Tommy and his girlfriend. Tommy is there sporting the collar. Oh, let's yes, talk about the collar. Yeah, it's um, fortunate, Henry, that you're here as you come from a long line of shirt makers. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, my father's family has been making shirts for five generations, uh, dating back to Iran, where my family's from, in Tehran. And uh, so <laughs> when I've been, li- uh, I've been listening to this show and listening to you guys talk about these collars and these shirts, and my dad had a I, – I had to call my dad and get some explanation about this shit. So my dad had a, a store on Van Buren and Dearborn throughout the 80s and uh, 90s, and now they have a place in New York. If you know anything about um, the geography of Chicago, that's directly in the middle of the loop. So you get every single kind of 
socioeconomic kind of it's a good mix cultural it's a good mix it's a right? good mix it's yeah. the fucking loop you know so um i called my dad and i was like dad what do you know about these collars he had never seen goodfellas he didn't really know what i was talking about but he knew about these collars and he said this is the all... best thing that's ever happened on this show <laughs> he's, I, wanna, he's like, my dad want to give you that credit <laughs> my, dad, my dad's talking about these uh 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 all these guys uh, he goes i love italian because uh, it's all custom shirts, you know, so you're very in control of what kind of cuffs you have, what kind of collars you have, what kind of fabric, how you lay the fabric over the buttons, every single thing, how it lays onto your waist, everything. And he said, Italian men are so particular and they want to spend so much that he he loved it. He loved it. I, I said, Dad, what about these collars that go over the uh, the tie? And he goes... I had never seen that in anything other than a movie, but every time a movie like this comes out, I get 20 guys in the first week who ask for a collar like that. Really? It was one yeah. of them named Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I think he referenced Goodfellas, like uh, uh, early 90s and then again in the mid-2000s with like uh, The Sopranos and everything. And he said, it, it, it's just uh, young men trying to look like mafiosos. That's all he said. He said, oh, it's yeah. people you know, want to look like mobsters. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Why do you think I want the collar? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so now my, uh, my family, uh, real quick, my family has a uh, shirt store in New York in uh, just north of Little Italy in Nolita, which is, interestingly enough, is on the block that Martin Scorsese grew up on. Like oh, wow. the San, uh, on Elizabeth Street in between uh, Prince and uh, Houston, Look at which that. is where Scorsese, yeah. And what, is, uh, what is it? Plug time. What is it called? Oh, it's called the Sock Hop. All right. Uh, your number and, one source for uh, uh, Persian custom wear, I guess. Uh, and socks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And socks. But also, if you go, I mean, like there's there's butcher shops, uh, old Italian butcher shops that have been there for 100 years. And they, they all talk about Scorsese and they're all just hanging out on the sidewalk talking. And Here's a question. Has your father ever considered shooting his own commercial to run late night <laughs> to advertise the, his shirts? Yeah, he jumps in a pool. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> My shirts don't Thousand come off. Box shirts never come off. <laughs> Not even in water. <laughs> My shirts stay buttoned in hurricane force winds. <laughs> Somehow it would end with Robert De Niro choking my dad with a telephone wire. <laughs> so can Ron get one of those shirts from your dad? Yeah. I told him anytime Ron comes in, double the price. Uh, don't tell him. <laughs> Give me half. Connor, you have one of those shirts, don't you? Not with this collar. I've got a regular collar. Yeah, they call that uh, collar in particular the uh, the Pat Riley. Really? Yeah, because Pat Riley, in, uh, when he coached the Knicks in the 90s, always wore those collars. Because he wanted to be a mobster. Probably. Yeah. Probably was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> now he's in Miami having a great time? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's, 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 let's stop skirting around the issue. So <laughs> Janice really likes that Sammy Davis Jr. That's Henry's girlfriend, Janice. We yeah, but then, but then the, the other girl, what's her name? I don't know her character I, name. I remember you said Kim Whitcomb. Elizabeth like Whitcraft. Elizabeth Whitcraft. Elizabeth Whitcraft. Whatever. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. She says that she could really see how a girl could be attracted to someone like that Oof. with all of his talent. Oof. Right. And she, By the way, I, she, Elizabeth Whitcraft is credited as Tommy's girlfriend at COPA. Okay, I looked for something like that. I didn't see it, but there's there's a lot of credits in this movie. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Um, and Tommy, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give him credit for keeping it as under control as he could 
given the time, the situation, and his feelings. Well, because Henry Henry warned him. <laughs> Henry, while chewing on a swizzle stick, Henry Henry said, "Tommy, his wedding ring." <laughs> yeah, brandishing his wedding ring, chewing on a swizzle stick. He goes, "Tommy, be careful." <laughs> He's probably seen this before. <laughs> and be careful we'll be, for what? <laughs> not to say something inappropriate. <laughs> well, I don't think that no one would be worried about the Italian mobster guy saying something racist. They're not going to call that inappropriate. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. I think he didn't want it because what we have here, it's almost a little bit, again, talking about a motif, it's almost a little bit of re- reoccurrence of the funny guy scene because he starts talking to her and she starts going, well, you know, I mean, like, it's like this. You could see. All that kind of and and it, it keeps going, but he 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 winds it down in a different way. Yeah, which is actually kind of interesting because what he does is he you know he he's, he says he's like, or actually that that next part's later. But she mentions that Swedish girl, and yes. I thought, who's that Swedish girl? And Ron, you want you know you want to talk about the history on this? You're, uh, you're yeah, sure, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So so the background on that is that in 1960, Sammy Davis Jr. married uh, a Swedish actress uh, named May Britt. She was white. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, like super white. Super Swedish white. white. Swedish white. What? Now we gotta consider this is the '60s civil rights movement. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing, right? And it's important to note too that that in uh, during this time period, many states, in fact, 31 states, uh, interracial marriage was illegal. So so sure enough, it got it got quite. Was the, New York one of those states? New York was no. not. It was, it was entirely legal in New York, which is awesome. Um, and then eventually in 1967, the Supreme Court said that's unconstitutional. But during that time period, it was very, you know, it was very difficult. Unfortunately, they got divorced in 1968. Thank you. For st- All right, we're out of here. Thank you. They, yeah, I was going to say that didn't stop them from having a daughter and then adopting two kids. But then they got a divorce because Sammy Davis Jr. had an affair with Lola Falana, who was a uh, who was a African-American actress, singer and dancer. But he did not stay with Lola Falana. Rather... <laughs> In 1970, <laughs> say this name. In 1970, he married Altaviz Gore, who was uh, a dancer, and they stayed married until uh, he died in 1990. So there you go. However, in, in almost in in a in an effort to maybe prove his cred, they were in fact married by the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Yeah, just <laughs> which I found to be like he's like, yeah, I know about the Swede, but watch what I'm going to do here. <laughs> I don't know. You take this man. I don't know if that was okay. Connor, Connor goes silent. And I worry. Oh, I, I'm just here with the lawyers. <laughs> I, well, it's interesting. Uh, and also, he dated Kim Novak. He did. Yeah, a vertigo. Even earlier than that. Yeah. So um, that's really early. Which I think I, I don't. I don't. Sometimes don't know that we understand how famous Sammy Davis Jr. was. Like we caught the very tail end of it, people our age. No, he was, he was he was enormous. Yeah, yeah, he was a huge star in sort of that that line breaking color color barrier kind of kind of way. So this is this is really interesting. And the funny thing is that this this conversation is taking place after the fact. Yeah. Well, you know the he thing about Sammy, Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, like his 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 pursuits and his travails uh, became even more widely known after he released his book called Yes I Can. Well, with its sub with its subtitle Yes I Can if Frank Sinatra says it's okay. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing, but I also thought it was really lame that you and I both did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like on this show we need to explain it, but then I also feel like people listening to this show should know. So I'm not Bruno going. Bruno Kirby's to. probably somewhere in this movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Eddie Brasco. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he definitely is. He might not even know it. So uh, Tommy is not too thrilled with his girlfriend's open-mindedness on interracial dating and wonder, worries that maybe she has kissed a black man, which means he would be by proxy kissing a black man. And in, in this instance, he references Nat King Cole. And uh, fun fact is that Nat King Cole had died five years earlier. So that makes Does, it even worse. Can he not think of a more uh, relevant reference to make? Well, well Nat King Cole was very famous at this time yeah, as well, too. Yeah. Well, he had been dead for five years in yeah. 1970. Oh, my God. Bruno, Kir- cancer. Bruno Kirby died? That- what? Yeah. Bruno Kirby died? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. Okay, sorry. Yes. Go on. Uh, what's interesting is that, is that like, she references that Swedish girl, and that would have happened ten years prior. They, yeah. they got divorced, you know, two years prior. But that's how much that must have stood out. Sure, yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's, that stands out in, in, in probably... It would have been a big deal. Yeah. yeah it would no. have been a huge deal. Yeah. Very different time. Well, Frankie we, Carbone here, man of few words. Well, we continue this conversation tomorrow because this conversation about race continues. Yes. So why don't we just table that till, till then? Does anybody else have anything here on this racetacular minute? Fuck I count is one. <laughs> Yay. I'm good. All right, so that's going to do it for Minute 62. So you can listen tomorrow to Minute 63 because that's the one that comes next. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at GoodfellasMin or on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And, of course, you can find our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash GFM. Uh, and you can see what that means and what that's all about there. But really, it means that you got a shot at getting your mob name. Come back for that Friday. Or you can go to goodfellasmoney.com slash support where you can shop via our Amazon link there, which you probably know how that works by now. you have any questions, anything you want to say, anything you want to tell us, Ron's dad already knows it, but anybody else, contact at goodfellasminute.com. And I believe that that will do, and we will see you tomorrow. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.